0: we're going to talk about how the first point is we are ever changing. God is unchanging and God changes us to become more like him. That's what it means as we cover immutability. We're going to talk more about that. And so if you don't have a Bible, you'll see it on the screen in a second, but you can stand up. I'm going to read Psalm 102 verses 23 through 28. Um, Y'all please go ahead and stand. It's something we do in church too, but it's because as we read God's word, this is As a side note, something I'm learning more and more in class, the reason we stand up when we read God's word, the reason at the end of our church service we give a benediction is because every time we come in God's word, it's a corporate thing. And so we're receiving the word of God. So that's why we stand. It's not because I think you're getting tired. It's something we do as a community. When we read God's word, we stand and receive it together. And then uh, in church, we give benedictions. But uh, I'm going to read Psalm 102, verses 23 through 28. It says this, he has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. Oh, my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days. For those years endure throughout all generations. Of old, you have laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. I'll pray and y'all can sit. Thank you. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that even here in the Psalms, as we're going to talk about, it talks about how things change. Lord, that everything around us is not constant, but you are. And so, Lord, that may come as good news. Hopefully it does come as good news because that is the most comforting thing we can hear this morning. Maybe for some people that's scary, Lord, thinking about how you are constant. You don't change because that is hard to understand. But, Lord, may we see it as a source of comfort. May we see when we can't always count on people, we can count on you because you are constant. And that is such a gift, Lord. Thank you for the hope of your son. It's his name we pray. Amen. All right. So. I don't know if you saw that. Actually, I'll go back just for a second, because at the end, this is kind of what we're talking about as we thread what it means that we are ever changing. Um, The psalmist is going to contrast in this psalm what it means for the world to be changing and for us to be constant and to kind of set a little bone. We're going to talk about it says talking about the world in verse 26. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. So kind of what is he saying right there, right? If we are ever changing, that's kind of what he's hitting on. What does it mean to be ever changing? You know, I think a funny way to do this, like some of y'all like slang. Um, I have mapped out some slang from the 1990s to about now. And just as an example, we're going to see how words change, right? We're going to see how we talk the way I talked as a kid is different than how you talk as a kid. Like, let's look right here. So, the 1990s, I, some of y'all still might carry some of these words, and that's cool, but you know, a word we would used to say, or at least in some of the TVs, would be like, my bad, or what's up, or things like that, but y'all don't say that, right? Then you get to the 2000s, like, word was the word, chillax. I do remember you saying, people saying chillax. Probably not a word we use right now. I think bay is still around, and lit is still around, but that's like the late 2010s. It might not be. But finally, here's some ones. In the 2020s. These might sound more familiar. That slaps, fax, fire, stand T. That's one my friends actually use T or goat, greatest of all time. Obviously, Michael Jordan. Um, but guys, these words, it's funny outside of just seeing how words change. The way we communicate as people changes throughout time. The words that you use now, you probably looked at some of those old words that I'll go back to real quick, and that's silly, right? No one really talks like that anymore. I mean, if you've ever read a King James Bible, the way that it is written, we don't talk like that anymore. Uh, One of my favorite books ever is a book called Lord of the Rings. It's one book technically, but three, three expressions of it. The way that J.R.R. Tolkien writes his books, we don't speak that way anymore, but it always maps a changing of time, right? We change in how we speak. We change in how we dress. It's funny. I have a mustache now because in the eighties, people wore mustaches but when I grew up, people didn't do that. And it's going to go out of season again. Everything cycles. But even the way that you're dressing, think about it, that's a product of the era you're in. That is what is in. That is a style. And we all are pretty aware of what's in and what's not. But it's funny how that will change by the time even you're in college. Some of the things and phrases you say will change. And so part of the reason I'm just kind of setting the table for it's natural that we are changing. We're constantly Um, changing because we are not perfect. The things around us that we think are good are going to change over time. I want to give one more example. Um, Does anybody know who this guy is? It's okay if you don't. Who is it? It's Babe Ruth. Um, So I listen to the radio. I'm still a public radio fan. And um, it was really interesting when I was hearing this story about Babe Ruth. Guys, do y'all know how many MVPs, that means to the best baseball player ever, like for that year? How many MVPs, if you had to guess, that Babe Ruth had? It's tough, right? Like, or I said Babe Ruth, yeah. Um, he had so many accomplishments. He had one. He had one MVP. And here's why, and this is why I want to talk about things that change. When he first came into the league, you could only win it once. They wanted everyone to win an MVP or at least one person. If you got the MVP, it was kind of like a lifetime achievement. The way we look at MVPs now has changed. If you're a sports fan like me, the way people look at basketball, they look at how many rings do you have? Dirk Nowitzki almost didn't win a ring. People didn't love Dirk because of that. Y'all might look on him fondly, but when I was growing up, people were like, that guy soft will never win a championship. So the reason I'm bringing all of this up outside of talking about sports, talking about slang, about we are ever changing, kind of what it's. The psalmist is trying to say is throughout your life, you might switch schools throughout your life. uh, You might have different friends throughout your life. A lot of things can change. You might have different pets. You might speak differently. You might dress differently. Um, I'm from the country. So I mean, dressing like this where I grew up, people would think I was weird because we don't dress like this in the country. Uh, But honestly, guys, we change over time. And so if we are ever changing, my next point is, what does it mean then for God is unchanging? Because that's kind of hard to understand. I want to give some examples because think about this. God doesn't change in how he speaks. God doesn't change. And if you were to dress with people, how he dresses, God is constant. God is constant. He is consistent. And that's something we might not be able to wrap our minds around. So I want us to look at this. How do we know God is unchanging, right? I've said that. We've kind of talked about that today. How do we know that God is unchanging? And we're going to make an argument through God's word, how we know outside of what we just read in Psalm 102, because Psalm 102 said it right there, that God is unchanging and his word is action. Um, So what I want us to see right here is this right here. God's word shows he's unchanging. Guys, part of the reason this is a big deal and part of the reason I say you need to have a Bible, you need to read out of it. Uh, though we read the way we translate God's word has changed over time because we are learning to read Greek and Hebrew because that's kind of hard, right? It was written in Greek and Hebrew. God's word has not changed. Our understanding of God's word as we, get, as we study it more changes. Like what I understood about God's word when I was in middle school versus what I understand about God's word now that I'm 30 is very different. But God's word didn't change. My understanding of God's word changed. So here's what I want us to see. I want us to read this real quick. This is in Deuteronomy. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. He has said and he will not. um, He has said and will he not do it or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it. So, guys, God's word even says right here. Think about it this way. If God says he's going to do something, he will do it. I don't know how many of you have been let down by a friend you said or a parent Who said they would do something and that didn't happen? I know, maybe in your experience with us on the staff, I know there are things I would say I would like to keep, but I always keep my word. I'm not perfect. Guys, I think the more we experience people who are people, right? They're people. They're sinners. They do not keep their commitments. That can sometimes change our view of who God is. But what I want us to see is God is not like man, and he should lie, right? He keeps his word. So think about everything we're going to talk about these promises, but Every promise God has made, he has either fulfilled it now or he will fulfill it when Jesus comes back. So think about that, that God is unchanging. He, how is God faithful? How is he unchanging? He keeps his word. Guys, everything he says that will happen is true. So I want us to look at this one little part real quick. Actually, I wanted to read one little verse out of Malachi 3.6. I don't know how many of y'all have heard of the book of Malachi. But I wanted to read out of it real quick to talk about one more thing about how God's word is proven. But guys, think about that again for a second. Everything written in this book is true. Everything it says about God, everything it says about us, how God loves us, it's true, which is so encouraging. So I'm going to read out of Micah 3.6. It says this. Therefore, it shall be night to you without vision, and darkness to you without divination. And the sun shall go down on the prophets, and they shall be black over them. This year shall be disgraced, the diviners put to shame. But this is what it says: they shall cover their lips, for there's no answer from God. But as for me, I'm filled with power of the Spirit, with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. And it keeps on going, guys. But if I really wanted to read all of this out of Micah and then Malachi, what it really is trying to say is this, guys. Even right there, we sin. We constantly break God's promise. But here's the truth. God has made a covenant with us. If you're not familiar with the story, our story in God's word, we kind of talked about that in church this morning as well, about how God made a promise to Abraham. Some of y'all heard of Father Abraham, right? He's like one of the founders of our faith. God made a promise with Abraham all the way through Jesus and, and through us that he would be our people. And honestly, if you're in church this morning, what was really encouraging is even when Moses and Israel sinned, Even when they put that to the test, um, like we do, like when we sin and put things to the test, God kept his promise to them. In fact, he was trying to show them that, hey, everything I promised you, I'm going to give you when they sin, but I'm going to draw away. And Moses, being someone who is with the Lord, understood that, hey, if God leaves, his promises leave. We need the Lord. But God's going to keep his promises. And so the same way that God kept his promise to Israel, the same way that God keeps his promise to us, he sent his son to keep all of his promises. Think about this. Think about a person who's never lied. Never cheated. Never did anything wrong. And you find that in Jesus. Isn't that crazy to think about that Jesus literally did that. He would be the person who wouldn't cheat on the test. He's the person who he said he was going to get up at five in and go on a walk. He'd get up at five in go on a walk. Whatever Jesus said, he did. Which is crazy. And the other thing that's crazy about Jesus is all throughout his word. Everything that was written about Jesus in the Old Testament, which we read a little bit about, honestly, in the Psalms right there. But everything written about Jesus over hundreds of prophecies, he fulfilled them all because he keeps his commitments. Everything Jesus did, he did perfectly. And if he does that, what does God's word say about us? Because I want us to see if we are ever changing and God is unchanging, what is the connector? How does God change us? That's what we're going to talk about for the last little part today. So I want us to see right here, God changes us to become like him. That's the final part I want us to see. God changes us to become like him. Because if we are ever changing, we are not constant. Maybe the way we to dress could be different the next day. Um, if we are ever changing, but God is unchanging, how do we interact with a holy God? In fact, the church this morning here there talked about how Moses couldn't see God. He couldn't encounter God physically because he would die because of his sin. So it talks about how do we get from Moses, who couldn't be in the presence of God, that how we can today, God's word says, go and pray with, to God who loves us and brings us in. We're going to talk about Jesus because that's how we get there. But if you want to kind of know, like, how do we get there? It's going to be talking about who Jesus is. So I want to take us to Romans 8. I have it on the screen. But this is kind of talking about some of the promises of God. This kind of talks about how God is unchanging and how he changes us. They'll come like him. Think about that for a second. I want to put this as a header because this sounds really confusing. But God is going to make something that constantly changes not change anymore, essentially. Like he's going to make us like he comes back and redeems us in his glory. We're not going to sin anymore. We're going to be in his presence and we're going to be how it was Adam and Eve before they sinned. Think about that. We are changing all the time. There's going to be a point where God makes us more like Jesus. That's really cool and hard to think about. But I want us to see this in Romans. So one of the apostles, Paul, wrote the book of Romans, and he said this. And we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So we're going to talk about this Honestly, for the majority of the rest of what we're doing here, because this is how God takes people who are changing to be unchanging in a way. Those of us who are sitting to eventually be like Jesus, who, who it talks about right here, conformed to the image of Jesus, which Jesus is unchanging. If you don't know who Jesus is, I think most of us do, but if you don't, God's word tells us that and Jesus being fully God, fully man came and lived the life, like I said, Jesus kept all of his promises. He was tempted by Satan many times to sin. He was tempted to see, hey, will you keep your commitment? And the biggest thing that Jesus struggled with that we see in the Gospels, and he still kept his promise, was dying for our sin. In fact, guys, if you read in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is praying for us, think about this. Jesus knew, like it says right here, he foreknew and predestined people to come to know him. Jesus knew that we would all be born. He would know who would come to know him and prayed for us. But then Jesus did more than just pray for us. The reason why Jesus is changing us and he can pray for us is because Jesus was going to die for us. And it says literally as he's praying this prayer, he knows what he's going to have to do. People think he started to sweat blood, which is a very, rare thing. They think he was so nervous because for the first time in Jesus' life, he knew for this to happen for us to to be known by God and to be conformed to his image, means he was going to have to be separated from God. And I talk about how Moses, if he encountered God, would have been destroyed by the wrath of God because Moses wasn't holy. Jesus knew he was going to experience that. He took on sin. This Manley said that in one of our songs this morning. Jesus took on sin. He knew he was going to face this wrath. And he could do that because he foreknew that we would be conformed to his image. Um, and I love that it starts with, we all know things who... Who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. But really, God's word says it this way, too. In love, he predestined us to adoption. And so I want us to see this, that what well, we're about to read, but it needs to be conformed in Jesus, like, to his image, to be changed by God, to be more like Jesus. It wasn't something that Jesus casually did. Like, he was perfect, and he kept his promises. That means he paid the penalty for every promise we had not kept. Think about that. Think about every promise we have not kept. Think about how we have sinned. Think about how we have fallen short. Everything that we did, Jesus here in the garden is praying. Because he knows not only we would do that, but he knew he would die for that. So how do we know God is faithful? His immutableness talks about how he is unchanging. And that means even when he's put to the test, when he knows that I sinned, he knew every sin I would do, he died because he loves us. That, I can't imagine, you know, God's word says it this way. Maybe you would die for a good person. Maybe you yourself would choose to die for a best friend or someone you really care about. But God's word says, because of sin, we're like enemies of God. That'd be like someone that you can't stand, someone that you think the lowest of in your life. God doesn't think low of us, but that's the distance between us and him because of sin. It wasn't like we were like a good person. And in fact, without God, we couldn't have been redeemed. And so God, keeping his promises Died for us and rose from the grave because he keeps his promises and he loves his people. So I have two little things I want us to see before we wrap up today. We'll wrap up shortly. That's some fun background music, but we're not done yet. So give me a second. Um, We got one thing real quick I want us to see. So the next two slides. So God is unchangeable in salvation. That's what I wanted us to see from that whole thing. God is unchangeable in his promise to us. Think about how many times you've had to earn someone's love. The fact that God did that, that he foreknew us and he loved us in adoption and conforms us to his son. God has told us the same way that people from the early church could be saved is the same way that we are saved. Think about that for a second. The reason I bring that up is I was listening to this guy named Steve Lawson. He's awesome. He kind of talked about law school and one thing that he talked about. Hey, I I know y'all got it though is one thing that happened with Steve Lawson, and this might happen in your life, he had to study for a test, he had to study for a master's on law, and law was literally changing as he was taking this test. So all the things that he thought were going to be there changed after his final. So what that means is everything he studied for changed. Or you can put it this way. My wife, she is um, getting an MBA. She is working in marketing, if you know my wife. She literally took a class in 2023, they talked about marketing and on the slides. side this. It had a flip phone. I don't think any of us have a flip phone. And it talked about the coming of the internet. And how the coming of the internet would change marketing. That's what it was in 2023. So what I want to say is that things around us, guys, change all the time. But God has made it true that, hey, the same things that you believe now, that we are saved by grace in Jesus Christ alone and faith alone, that if you believe that, Romans says that if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So if you hear that, believe that and live that out, that's the same salvation now that your kids and your grandkids and whoever, that is the same promise because God has not changed. He has made it the same for everyone, which is crazy to think about that over thousands of years, he has not changed how he loves us. So I got two things I want us to see. All right. We cannot flunk this. If God has called us, we will go. So if God has called us in faith, guys, that has not changed. He will save us. These are the last two slides, I want to, or the last three I want to see. I've got a question. How are we living this out? It's one thing for you to come here and hear about that God's immutable, hear that God doesn't change, um, hear how that kind of shapes that God is perfect, right? How do we respond? He's changing us. This is kind of what I want us to see. How are we living this out? If we believe that we are ever changing, That God is unchanging and that God is changing us to be like him. How are we living this out? Because you can hear that, guys. But if you don't live that out, we're not being changed, right? If you hear all this on a Sunday morning, but you don't believe it, we're not being changed into the image of God. Because God is calling us to change from our lifestyle to who he is. He is constant. He is holy. He's calling us to do that. So how are we living this out? I want to read out of John 4. And then I've got one little thing I want to share. But I think this story in John 4 is so powerful. So Jesus was talking to this Samaritan woman. And he talked to her about what it means to worship God in spirit and truth. We've talked about that on Sunday mornings. But then he gives her this, this question. They kind of talk about this, this theme of water. And I want to read it and go from there. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water being salvation, being Jesus, Right. Will be, or Everyone who drinks of regular water. He's going to contrast regular water and the water that comes from Christ. He says, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water being normal water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So I think we could use the practical example of water. I don't know how many of y'all like Gatorade like me. I'm a fan of Gatorade. It's good to drink Gatorade. It hydrates you. But if I drink Gatorade and never drink water, I'd be in trouble.
1: Gatorade's really good; it
0: gives you electrolytes, gives you these things. But if you don't drink physical water, you're gonna be in trouble. And Jesus says, if you need that water, and everyone who drinks regular water, you're gonna drink water again. Your kidneys need it. You're gonna be drinking water all the time. So, guys, even the way we eat and drink is constantly changing. But here's the thing that Jesus says: whoever drinks of God's word is what he's talking about when he says water. Whoever drinks of God's word, whoever knows it, is interacting with it and memorizes it. As I was studying this week, something that was really sweet to me, the scripture you memorize, guys, will not change. So again, God's word that reveals his character, the things that it says about him, will not change. And so if we thirst after Jesus, if we replace, Robbie actually talked about it this morning too, Pastor Robbie If we replace the things we are most excited about in life, with wanting to know the Lord, if we thirst after God and not the other things that go for our attention, whether it's our friend groups, whether it's our performances, being great, academics, whatever it is, if you can replace the most important thing. Like, think about this. When you get done with school, what are you most excited to do? And I know when I was in middle school, and I still like to play Xbox, but I was playing Xbox. That was my favorite thing to do when I got done. That was my time. I was going to play Xbox, and that's what I was going to do to relax. Guys, whatever you may go to for comfort, which is not bad in a sense, but whatever is like the main thing you're thinking about, I want to challenge you. What would it look like to bring God's word into that? What would it look like to, to be focused on knowing who God is? Because that's what's going to change your hearts. And I still play Xbox, so I'm not saying don't play Xbox. I'm just saying don't play Xbox as much, right? The things that we like in life, what would it look like to love God more? So the last question, what do you desire? That's what I was just asking. But at the end of the day, what is the thing you are most excited about? There's nothing wrong with being excited about the things God's given us, right? Nothing, it's nothing wrong with being excited about that. But guys, if we're not thirsting after Jesus, we don't desire Jesus, we can't be changed. That's what I'm trying to get at today. If God is unchanging, we are constantly changing. How does he make us life and It's like spending time with him. Robbie, today I actually talked about how we're friends with God. If we're friends with God, if we believe that this morning, the way you get to know your friend better is you spend time with him. And if you do that, it doesn't have to be a lot. It could be out of the Bible reading plan we have for you. It could be a verse a day. You could start there. If you're spending time with God and reading his word and praying, which, as we talk about a God who's unchanging, are the two, two of the main ways outside of going to church he's told us to meet with him. That has not changed. God will never change that. He says, you meet me in my word, you meet me in prayer, you meet me in church. If you do those things, you'll know His voice better. You'll spend more time with Him. And He will tell you things that are important. And you can bring that to what you're doing. You can bring that to hunting. You can bring that to hanging out with your friends. You can bring God with you wherever you go. But if you're not spending time with Him, you won't be reflecting on Him. that's kind of the main point. So I'm going to close this in prayer. And we'll go from there. God, thank You so much for this morning. Thank You that You are unchanging. That proves how faithful You are to us. God, if we are experiencing hurt in life, if we're experiencing hurt from people who don't keep their promises. If we're experiencing hurt from people who are hurting us from not keeping their commitments, Lord. May we see how you are constant. That you love us. And because you love us, you died for us. And we rose from the grave that we may have life in you. Or if we don't believe that this morning, may we begin to wonder, what do we think is more important than you? What do we desire more than knowing you? And Lord, may you reveal that. May you show us your son, and may we desire Jesus more than the things of this world, because they will get taken away. It's your son's name we pray. Amen.